welcome to Animals Radio today. We're going to be talking about panda bears, which we haven't had the pleasure of doing. Although this is rather a sad topic today, we are going to talk about two panda bears who have suffered greatly in the zoo in America, in the Memphis Zoo, Yaya and Lele. And sadly, Lele died recently and pretty much the world saw it happen on webcams daily. Now, Panda Voices has been campaigning for an awful long time for these two poor souls to go back home to China. So welcome to Tom and Sarah from from Panda Voices today. Thanks for having us. Hi. Now, can you tell us, please, how Panda Voices actually started? Because it's very impressive. You know, you're, you know, you're from the States. Sarah's from Singapore, I think. You know, you've got people all over the world interested here. I'm in the UK and I've been following it. So it's raised awareness and you work within defense of animals. And I know you've had some very good celebrity help as well. So I'll, I'll hand over to you. If you can tell us a bit more, please. Yeah, it was pretty much organic beginnings. Um, we're all we're all part of a community called Panda Fans. So a lot of us, we had knowledge of each other's screen names, Instagram accounts, because we all follow the same Panda accounts. Okay. Like uh, there's a woman named Lily. She has several Instagram accounts that just document the daily ins and outs of pandas all around the world, especially um, mainly in Asia, because I believe she's based in China, too. So through her accounts, we all kind of became friends. You know, we um, we each have a, a favorite panda. Um, So after like a few years of being friends online, you know, just following different pandas, getting to know their ins and outs, the case of Yaya and Lola came to our attention. So about 10 of us just organically came together. Um, our leader, who you were in touch with, uh, Hannah, she, she set off the organization, just uh, starting group chats, starting little strategy groups to see what we could do. Uh, I came in a little later. Sarah was actually one of our earlier members, I believe. And, um, you know, so just by being Panda fans, we transformed into Panda advocates. And, you know, it was novice at first. We didn't know what we were doing, but we did whatever we could. And one of our um, one of our biggest tactics that Sarah led up was monitoring the Panda camps daily. Um, it was, it's a very hard job, you know, it is very hard to watch video footage, you know, especially live footage to just sit there and watch it and analyze it, but she saw it as necessary. And it's a tactic that we, we built upon. Um, now we have several other satellite members, again, people in other countries who they keep their eye on the Panda camps too. So when it came up to the unfortunate and recent passing of Lola, the male panda at Memphis Zoo. That's what that's what gave us the alarm. You know, Sarah had been watching the cams. Some of our other people have been watching the panda cams. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, our our worst nightmare came into fruition because we wanted to get both pandas home safely, see them rejuvenate in their their home country, and. You know, Lola, who is basically the godfather of our movement, because Yaya and Lola are our first case, um, he passed away. And we saw that 
slowly happening on those cameras. We, we saw him not eating. We saw him getting sicker. We saw him rejecting the bamboo. And then in his last days, we saw him stumble, topple over, and no one come to help him. So if we can just rewind a little bit there, Sarah's nodding, because Sarah, obviously you're in a different time zone. Does that mean then that you've got people in different time zones? So you're really watching this quite thoroughly. And I suppose our question is, why isn't the zoo watching it as thoroughly? Because if we can go back a month and probably at least a year, I know I've seen it as well, the panda cams, that the pandas look bored, they look stressed, they look yes. dreadful in their coats. Yes. And I remember, I don't know if it was yourself, Sarah, posting the images and the things on Twitter, but it said, um, Yaya Lele, they haven't touched their bamboo. They're roaring at the keeper. They want some biscuits. They want this. And, you know, it's there's plenty of us have just pressed that button and we've seen what you've posted and we're seeing these pretty manky looking pandas and I mean it's not the kind of thing you associate with a bear really you know you don't you know expect to call one that but their coats were dreadful and they were they just they just were just sat amongst odd bits of bamboo weren't they so for you I mean I guess that's pretty stressful having to every day painstakingly around you know your normal life have to do that so from from your point of view, you know, how frustrating is it when you can see it? Did you then send off emails to the to the zoo, phone them or did how did it come about that in defense of animals joined in? Yeah, actually, I think our the whole, we are, our team is brought together by the mistreatment of Yaya and Lolo at Monkey's Zoo. And at first, we actually act in our own ways like taking me as an example. At first, I saw some posts about the mistreatment and the sickly looks of the pandas. So I want to know, at at first, I don't even believe that's true because for many Chinese, I'm from China, and for the Chinese, the pandas are the national treasures and they are treated very well and all people love pandas. So at first, I'm very astonished about Yaya and Lolo's conditions. So I start to monitor the camp every day. And when I saw that those pandas, they have to beg for food over and over, and they have no enrichment food, enrichment toys, and they are very bored. They even have serious stereotypical behaviors. That makes me feel very heartbreaking. So start from that, that time, I start to try to help them use the ways that I can think of. Like I try to email the zoo, I try to call them, and I try to contact the zookeepers and also the people who work in the zoo. At first, uh, and actually, I even reached out to Matt Thompson. At that time, he's not the CEO in the zoo. I found him, I found him on LinkedIn uh, website, a website, and I tried to message him, telling him what I seen from the panda camp. And I hope they can improve the treatment for the pandas. At first, he he did reply to me and he said, he asked me not to worry too much because the pandas, they treat the the zookeepers love the pandas and they treat them very well. So ask me not to believe those lies 
on the internet, but I told him I saw the pandas. I saw their daily conditions. So no, that's not lies. But and I also post, I also sent him the videos I made showing the pandas abnormal behaviors and their mental stress. But my Thompson, he replied to me, he always stick to the word, but I think the facts speak louder than words. After that, he just blocked me and don't reply to me anymore. So at that time, I feel that an individual person is not enough to change, to make a change, because the zoo seems to be very stubborn and they, I don't understand why they don't want to make a change. And actually, when I learned more, I feel even more sad for Yaya and Lolo, because actually, as early as 2012, there's already some posts about the pandas and they are trying to raise concern for the pandas, but they are posted uh, by the Chinese, the netizens. And uh, after that, it seems Yaya and Lolo are not very famous pandas. No one pay attention to their situation. But in 2019, the local media started to cover Yaya and Lolo's stories and they post a photos. I guess maybe many people are familiar with that photo that Yaya, she sat still on the stone and he raised up her head staring at the camp. Yeah, that's very sad. It's very, a very sad moment. Everyone can feel that Yaya feel very frustrated. And I think it's because starting from that time, that more and more people start to pay attention to the pandas at Northwest Zoo. And, and we, our, our team, we always regret that we didn't notice Yaya and Lola's conditions earlier, because our team, we started in, I think, at the end of 2000, uh, 2020, and we uh, teamed up with IDA uh, in February of 2000, of 2021, 20, uh, 20, uh, and uh, and it, it's, it's just so sad, isn't it? And when when you when the media started, did either of you find that the you know because I've seen people try and get the mayor's attention and the council's attention, um, you know, did did any anybody get a response from any government yeah. officer? Yeah. I think the people, they did get response, but the response is almost the same word. The zoo will tell the people that you don't need to concern because the pandas are watched by the keepers seven days and 24 hours, and they are fully monitored. And if they want some food, we will feed them. And actually, but that those words are not convincing because we believe our eyes, we saw the pandas quickly looks and we saw the pandas food bagging lasted for over the 20 or 40 minutes. That's well, we, we saw it. We all saw it. Yeah, on, saw you know, it. anybody can just log in. It's, it's you know, free for anybody. It does kind of astound me that yes. they actually keep the webcams up. And it makes me wonder yeah. why, because you can see what's going on. They yeah. know you can see what's going on. So... It's a bit like having a traffic camera where there's a collision between cars. You know, the police wouldn't say, oh, no, ignore that, would they? And yet that's exactly what the yeah. zoo says, isn't it? Is it like ignore well, what you see? And that's that's what makes it even scarier is that, you know, like Sarah said, she emailed Matt Thompson directly. 
He kind of brushed her off, then blocked her, right? So now we fast forward to the passing of Lella, and which again is what we saw on the panda camps, what we recorded off of the panda camps. In a press conference regarding Lilla's passing, Matt Thompson had the nerve to say, oh, well, we monitor them daily. The panda cams that we have up, those aren't the only two cameras in their enclosures. We sometimes monitor them 24 hours a day if need be. Those were his words, paraphrased. But he definitely said that in the press conference that they removed from their own Facebook page. But we still have it and we can still reference it. So if he was really, if him and his people were really watching these cameras so closely, why couldn't they run in there and do something? Oh, we all saw it. We saw that that poor panda just laying there for hours before anybody did anything. And then obviously it was in the news that the zoo said they didn't really know why they died and they died peacefully. And I don't think anybody watching the the webcams would agree with that, really. But again, the zoo doesn't do everything bad. It does other animals really well. So it's almost like, why? Just why do you let yourself down? You know, there is no need for it. Nobody's out to bash a zoo. It's just there's an animal in need. If it's an animal in need on, on a street corner or in a zoo, it's an animal in need. So why won't they just play fair? And I know... It's got to the stage, hasn't it, where Yaya is going to go home to China, isn't she, very soon? Yes, yes, we hope, hope, indeed. You know, we have to add that we hope because, you know, uh, we've already faced one sad reality, you know, and we we definitely have to temper our expectations, you know. But, um, you know, look, as far as the, the uneven treatment, of animals and zoos. I understand that pandas are a special case. They may cost more than certain other animals. They're, they are very particular eaters, um, but they don't only eat bamboo at that. You know, some of their food alternatives are rather cheap. You know, they eat fruits, they eat vegetables, they eat pumpkins, they eat apples. Is it super healthy to feed them only apples? No. You know, their staple is bamboo, but they can eat other things. So if they're if they're showing rejection towards the the bamboo offerings that day, a good keeper could get them snacks, could get them. We call them panda cakes in China. They're called uh, wawatsu, which you'll see them used as a common name in other like panda Instagram accounts. So when they when it's when it was said on some of the posts, you know, um, they're calling, you know, why can't the keepers give them biscuits or something? Are you talking about panda cakes? And what are panda yeah. cakes? Yeah, yeah, also known as uh, wawatu, W-O-W-O-T-O-U. And, um, and what is that? that that's a, it, it actually comes from, like, uh, Chinese royalty history. Um, an, an ancient Chinese princess made these cakes popular amongst the people again. Um, when they made, I guess, like, these cakes for the pandas, they they called it that. Okay. You know, as if to exalt the panda, like the panda is royalty. So we're giving them these princess cakes. Right. That's a very, very paraphrased version of the story, but it's pretty much it. That's all right. It's interesting. (laughs) With the bamboo, I will let our listeners know that there is about 25 types of bamboo and pandas eat four to five types. So it's not an easy food. And I think it has to be something like 95% of their diet. So mm-hmm. they do like their fruits and veggies and everything else, but 
we can't underestimate how important it is that they get the right food because also there's there's hardly any calories or nutrition in bamboo so no. it's really they actually easy. they had to adapt to it bamboo is yeah. not their first mode of nutrition but uh the the panda ancestors they adapted to it because it was all they had to eat i read that it took um because of deforestation and everything um the pandas in china they've got 54 percent of the total habitat is now protected and there's about 1800 wild bears left 67 percent are in these protected areas but they are being pushed and pushed and pushed backwards by farming and the food is a huge problem i mean they're lone animals for a start so you know again having two panda bears in a cage with the world and his mother going past and gawping at them um you know it's gonna it's gonna be stressful isn't it and you know you've obviously seen it i've seen it when we see animals pacing about in a zoo it's not a good sign and and that's the thing isn't it people if they see an animal pacing about in a zoo alarm bells need to start ringing don't they you know no one needs to be rude it's just can they help advocates really because we can't be everywhere in every zoo and if you had a few more people maybe knock on the the zookeeper's door or knock on the office door when they're in the zoo and say excuse me this bear maybe it would boost you know what what you're trying to do from afar i don't know what do you think i mean personally like one of our undercurrent type of goals is to get more to conservation space and less zoos yeah because the 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 four even though most zoos are listed as nonprofits, they're run as a business um which is Another problem we encountered with the Memphis Zoo was about a year into our our work and our investigation, some local people informed us that the top line people at the zoo get pretty nice bonuses at the end of the year. So, you know, if you're skimping on feeding the animals, you're skimping on paying your zookeepers, you're skimping on paying your zoo staff just so you could get a nice fat bonus check at the end of the year. Well, guess what? The person taking tickets, they're not going to care. And that that kid who maybe wanted to be a professional zookeeper, but he landed at Memphis Zoo, you know, he's not going to care. He's not getting paid enough to care. You're not giving him the proper food to feed the animals. It's all a chain reaction, in my view. So, you know, again, we have that same problem we've been running into, which is the people at the top do whatever they want to do and don't care how it affects now the people and the animals at the bottom of the chain. Um, whereas with conservation space, um, which is you know what you were mentioning in China, how most of these pandas are in these these uh, these bases. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a tourist component to these bases. Tourists are allowed to go there, view the pandas. They could buy food, buy snacks, um, and they. Uh, um, there's still that business component, but it's not as heavy. So the, the actual care of the animals is front and center. And that, I suppose, is because it's national pride for China. Um, you know, as Sarah said, they're so, you know, highly thought after. And they, and they have. I think they've increased by about 17%, you know, so they're not endangered anymore, are they? I think they're on the maybe threatened list, but not the endangered. Is that right, Sarah? Yes, they are not that endangered, but they are still rare. 
and also the pandas, they feel they face some risk of uh, to increase their the number of the pandas because like there are a lot of difficulties for their breeding and their the the panda the babies how to raise the panda babies so there's a lot of difficulties so the pandas still face the risk but they are they are still rare so we still need to do a lot of work to protect this species yes so so and i take also, it that the hope is that yaya goes back to one of these special sanctuaries and you know she has the benefit of you know their years of expertise yeah. yes that's true and uh, i think when yaya go back to china he will receive a much better care and uh, she will feel more at home because usually the, in China, the zoo that raise giant pandas, they will have a lot of expertise and, and the keepers, they are very familiar with the pandas, they, like their habits or their favorite food, and they can monitor the pandas very closely. And many keepers, they spoke to the people that they treat the pandas like their kids, because when they saw the pandas are eating or playing, that really looks like the human, we are, we people, the, the human babies. So the pandas are very cute and they have some special characterizations. So we, we actually, the, in China, the vets are also very professional. They, they are. I, I suppose really they're the best in the world for pandas, aren't they? Yeah. But why, why does China let these bears go basically? out into the world where nobody else has got that expertise. I mean, we ha they haven't, have they? You know, nobody's got bamboo yeah. forests. I believe they it, it might go back to like the 60s because really? I, I, like, I feel like it was more an act of diplomacy. Okay. Um, yes. I, know, I know that's how it happened in America. I want to say President Nixon and uh, Chinese officials, you know, they, they made a very diplomatic arrangement. Right. You know, the, the pandas would go on loan. They remain a property of China, but they were expected to be cared for. You know, it's kind of like a an olive branch through through wildlife. You know, I we, see. Um, you know, and just to be clear, Memphis Zoo does not represent every zoo. You know, there are, zoos, there are zoos in America that have had pandas. Um, and pretty much everything was fine. There are zoos throughout the world that have had pandas, pretty much everything is fine. There are also zoos throughout the world that got pandas and they needed to be called back immediately because of similar situations. Um, I guess that's know, the disappointment here, isn't it? The alarm was raised for so long. It's why didn't yeah. they call, you know, call Lulu back quicker? I mean, you know, everybody was talking about it and, and, that that's the heartbreak isn't it really yeah you know yes. uh, and uh, uh, I, I don't know what to say to that no there's, there's nothing we can say it's just it's you know you can't sadly it seems in this day and age that animal advocates seem to know where these lost souls are and we we fight really hard to try and get every one of them back and it's not because we need to pull everybody out of a out of a zoo or anything else it's just there's some in such bad situations that 
you know, it's like if we know where they are, why don't the authorities know where they are? And it is frustrating. I do feel it. And, you know, and that's why organisations such as yourself, it doesn't matter if it's one, five, fifty, five hundred people. If the amount of awareness you guys, you know, made everybody sit up, you know, it has made a difference. And really, thanks to you, you know, Yaya's got a chance, hasn't she? You know, she's going to go back. Um, I'm sure in defence of animals won't let it drop. Um, nobody's going to let it drop, are they? So hopefully, I think, doesn't the lease run out at the end of March or April? The contract to go back will by end. then. Yeah, the contract will end in April, April 7th. Yeah, but probably because of the devastating news of Lola's sudden death, I think the Chinese, associate, the Chinese authorities, they are not very serious with the current conditions. And I think just uh, this week, the Chinese panda experts, they already came to the zoo and started to investigate Lola's. Oh, that's good. That is good yeah. news. Because the Chinese people, they are very, they are not very concerned. And Yaya and Lola, they, are, they have been trending on the Chinese social media for several days. And people, almost all the Chinese people are calling Yaya back home because they are very sad about Yaya's current conditions, especially because Lola passed away such a sudden and uh, the zoo didn't give any explanation on that. And uh, when we watch the CEO's um, their media conference, Matt Thompson actually, the explanation he gives is not convincing and even very unacceptable because he said that Lola he just be silly and he just tried to, that's his common behavior, like to collapse on the floor. But that's not true. That's actually very dangerous symptoms. So all those irresponsible... It's very, it's very damaging, isn't it, for their own reputation, really, especially as everybody saw it on film, yes. um, you know, on their on the very own webcams. So I guess all we can do is say to people, you know, when they visit zoos and they see an animal pacing up and down or something's not right, maybe try and look and see if there is a group of people already concerned and join in. I mean, that's what you guys did, wasn't it? You know, yes. that's yes. what a lot of us do for various other groups that I'm involved in with elephants and orcas and anything else. It's how I follow, you know, yes. you guys on, the on you know, Panda Voices. So it it really is a case of it's it's not just about people are you know getting endless giving endless money to things it's just awareness i think this is the thing right now isn't it it's people being aware and you yeah. know gone are the days when you know you can't challenge anything or you know it, it's or it, we used to be kind of ridiculed if we were like any kind of animal activist didn't we you know, but those days now, you know, you've got everybody from doctors, dentists, lawyers, all kinds of teachers and everybody else. You know, we're all from all walks of life. And it's just it's, if it's in front of your face and you can join a group just to make a difference, send an email, yes. you know, keep an eye on things, share it on social media. You know, it only takes a few people to pick it up, doesn't it, with a lot of followers. And it's like yours. Was it Billie Eilish um, spoke up as well yeah. for the pandas? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she's tremendous, isn't she, for what she does as well for animals. So that was yeah, really be, nice. That that really helped. You know, it's um that one tweet from her. Yeah. Increased our follower base. 
by hundreds of people. Um, you know, it it wasn't quite the tipping point we needed. You know, unfortunately, tragedy brought that about. Um, you know, and there is something I do want to make note of. Um, Panda Voices, as a group, we don't accept donations. To date, we never have. So we did this organically as volunteers. We did what we could as we could in our free time, sometimes not in our free time. I was sneaking off at work to post things on Instagram. Um, you know, Sarah's working on a PhD. Most of our members are high level academics who either have demanding jobs or demanding um, school obligations. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm bringing up the point of donations for two reasons. One, to prove that you don't need a lot of money to get something done. And the other is with our increase in attention right now, I want to ward off any opportunists, any copycats. So if there's anybody out there who, if you've been solicited for a donation and it says Panda Voices, it is not us. We will not ask you for anything, not right now. We don't have the means of accepting donations. We don't have the means of being legally taxed or explaining why we took donations. We just see, do what see, we this can. Is how, we can. This is how we know that everything is, you know, honest, really, isn't it? If people are just asking people to look, there's nothing in it for them except to do something help to, to help, just to raise awareness. And I think that's almost a breath of fresh air in this day and age when it seems like every other thing is asking people for money. That actually, Indeed. no, you know what? Anybody sat at home, I talked to some lovely lady in a sanctuary the other day and she said no someone just like helps making artwork someone does this someone does that it's just about people's talents and honestly that is just so needed for so many causes um it makes such a difference as it has done for you really as well and I think it's really lovely I think on a more positive note the fact that you all follow various pandas around the world I didn't know that and, you know, you should post a few more bits of that because we don't know, you know, never even thought about it. People are following various pandas and what a lovely yeah. thing, you yeah. know, tell us about them on social media. You know, it's it's something that gets people more into wildlife as well. Well, actually, uh, like in more downtimes, because uh, Sarah runs Twitter, which we use for more serious topics, yeah. you know, like the, the panda cam updates, news alerts. Um, I'm on Instagram, which is both. Instagram can be serious or it could be a little, you know, fun and playful. So in, in down times, you know, um, th there were certain down moments throughout the campaigns where we celebrated the pandas we love. You know, my, my favorite panda is, is Mylon. Her nickname is Ruru. She's a very popular panda. Um, we all have our own favorites, you know, so we'll post updates about them. And, and our followers love these same pandas, too. So when they see them, they react as well. You know, uh, but we, we definitely try to stay on, on, on focus. Yeah. That's lovely. I think we've learned so much today. And I said it's about time we talked about pandas. And I wish we'd have done it maybe a bit earlier to try and help a bit more. But hopefully there'll be a happy ending for Yaya. Thank you ever so much, Sarah. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much Thank for joining us today. Appreciate it. Be well.